All right, so this is week four of uh, hermeneutics that we've been studying. Again, I have posted on Facebook a shared folder where you can find all of the slides, uh, the handout I've got, uh, other suggested resources. All of that is there. I put that on Facebook. If you don't use Facebook or you need access to it, let me know. I'll be happy to send you that link. All you need is, is the link to get into it, no password or anything. Uh, it's on uh, a shared Google Drive. So all of that is there. Um, so last week I had all of this stuff on last week. I might create another folder and put week four, but everything is in uh, week three right now. Um, so any questions you have, uh, as you've noticed, I've put a lot of, of text on the, uh, the slides uh, because I think at least for me, you ever made notes on something and you thought, there's no way I'll forget that now. And you go back to that note and you go, what in the world does that mean? So, so that's the way I learn. And so I've, I've tried to put extra information so you can go back and you can look at that. And you're not, you don't need me to explain it. It's right there for you. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, and again, uh, this is in Grasping God's Word. Uh, and this is the third edition. So just to kind of cap off what we talked about last week, uh, I think it's summed up in here in two or three uh, slides here. They say, remember the process of interpreting and grasping the Bible is similar to embarking on a journey. Reading the text thoroughly and carefully lies at the beginning of the journey. From this careful reading, we become able to determine what the passage meant in the biblical context, that is, what it meant to the biblical audience. Often, however, when we try to apply the meaning uh, directly to ourselves, we run into problems because we are separated from the biblical audience by culture and customs, uh, our languages, our situation, and a vast expanse of time. If I can read. And again, keep in mind that our goal is to grasp the meaning of the text God has intended. We do not create meaning out of a text. Rather, we seek to find the meaning that is already there. So we don't want to come with an agenda, right? We want to come to the text and see what God has said and, and really get the meaning of what he said uh, for us. So uh, this journey works on the premise, this is what they're saying for this book, the premise that the Bible is a record of God's communication of himself and his will to us. We revere the Bible and treat it as holy because it is the word of God and because God reveals himself to us through his word. And so that's, that's what he, they're saying is, this is what kind of joins us all, right? If you believe this, that's why we think Bible study is uh, important, right? That's why we come to it and say, hey, I want to learn what is in here because I believe it's God's word. I believe it's his communication to us. And so because, that, because of that, I want to get into it and understand it, okay? While the specifics of a particular passage, and this is just in general for Bible study, Specifics of a particular passage may only apply to the particular situation of the biblical audience. The theological principles revealed in the text are applicable to all of God's people at all times. Uh, the example I used last week was uh, Peter walking on water. Remember that? And so when we and this is this this is stuff we already do in our mind. We just don't have a process for it, right? Again, we don't look at the episode of Peter walking on water and think. That's what Christians should do. Connie, you've got a pool. 
we're going over there after church because we, we come to this text and we see Peter walked on water and so we all walk on water, okay? So that was specific to Peter at that time, right? Okay? But uh, the theological uh, principle of that is what? What do we talk about? What's the, the Stepping out on faith. And that's applicable to anyone who reads that story, right? So we don't come to it and try to walk on water. We come to it and learn about faith, right? And so, again, that's something we probably already do, all of us. But now you're kind of getting a, a method of going about it and kind of, okay, this is what I need to think about. How does this, how does this work? And, again, a lot of it we're already doing. The theological principle, therefore, has meaning and application both to the ancient biblical audience, in this case Peter, okay, and what they, he was doing in front of the disciples, and to Christians today because both him and us have the opportunity and ability, right, to step out on faith. Now, it's going to look different than walking on water. Uh, what, what example? Did we use any examples last week of that? What does it mean to step out on faith to you? If we can't come up with an example, we, we may need to start a different spot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go, right? Yeah. Any other examples you can think of? I just left a job of 13 years for a complete new adventure. Ooh, yeah. Totally, because we're not running so I'm just trusting it's all been up. Amen. I'm surprised Katie didn't amen you back there. <laughs> Where were you at? 11, 12 years? 12, yeah, 12 and 13 years in the last couple of months? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, how about something at church? Anything you've ever had to step out on faith? Like, I'm not sure. I think a lot of times we feel ill-equipped for those things. And so faith in those scenarios means I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to go. Or you don't feel like you've got the money to give to some cause or something. And it's like, I'm going to step out on faith and do this. God, I'm hoping you can help me here. And it's amazing when I was in IT, the, the times I would feel that way, like, I'm not sure if I can do this. And I, I promise it never failed that that week, somebody wanted me to work on their computer outside of work, like extra income for me. And, you know, it came to a point where like, why do I even think about this? God, you've been there over and over and over. Yeah. Donald? Being with something smaller than that would be being up and leading a prayer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I tell the story all the time about how I shook up here, you know, when I was growing up in my church where I knew everybody. Maybe that's why I shook. I don't know. But uh, I knew how they were. No, um, but I wasn't even going to say a prayer. I was just going to stand there and somebody's going to hand me a tray. And I would stand up there and they were singing. I knew it was getting close. And I'd hold my hand up and I was just doing this. And so for me to get up and to actually have to use my voice all of a sudden and pray, whoo. And I know sometimes when somebody tells you that, but they're doing that thing, you're like, yeah, you don't have as bad as I do. It was bad. Uh, and my dad, he, is, he can talk your ear off. You want to talk about uh, cows or dentistry or you know, something like that. Uh, but if he was to move from where you're seated up to here, he's gonna, you're going to hear a tremor in his voice. He, you know, he's going to have a harder time looking up. You know, and I understand that. Uh, and some, some of those things you, you feel very, <laughs> like this is going to be a, a step of faith. God, you're going to have to get me. Uh, yeah. So 
Uh, that's what we're looking for when we come to scriptures. All right, what, is, what does this mean for us? What is the theological principle? What is God trying to teach us? That's, that's kind of another way to think about that. Uh, what is God trying to teach us through this story? Right? So the, going back to Peter, uh, Jesus didn't say, hey, all people who believe in me come try to walk on water, does he? He tells Peter in this moment. But again, we look at that and see, man, that's a, that's a step of faith. And you see, because he was losing that faith, he, he goes down in the water. Okay, So we can, we can expand on that theological principle, right? There's a lot to that. What happens when our faith kind of uh, goes away for a little while or it's very thin? You know, we can, it can feel like sinking, right? I mean, we can use a lot of, a lot of different things there. Uh, and so to me, that's, the, uh, that's a lot of fun in, in this. All right. Um, I like this visual that they use. Again, you know, they've talked about this is a journey. You've got to think about Bible study as a journey. And, you know, there's a river between us and them. And so that's what you, you see here. It says because the theological principle, again, going back to this idea of Peter, uh, about faith in this moment, because the theological principle has meaning and application to both audiences, both us and them, uh, it functions as a bridge spanning the river of differences. You understand that? Okay, so it was about faith for Peter, not about the water, okay? It's about faith for us, right? Okay, and so uh, that bridge, the white bridge there, that's the, what they're going to call the principalizing uh, bridge. So that connects uh, the story. So when I read about Peter, it's not just about Peter and, how oh, that's a great story, and I go on. Well, no, that's a story of, of how Jesus taught his disciples about faith. And he teaches me about faith, right? And so that, uh, that makes that a connection. They say it this way, rather than blindly wading out into the river, foolishly attempting to jump across the river in one short hop, which we can do, you know, uh, or wishfully gazing at the other shore without ever crossing, again, we can do, man, I want to study my Bible. I'd like to know a lot about the Bible. Well, have you started studying? No. It's too difficult. I'm too worried about it. Well, instead of doing those things and trying to jump it or just wishfully gazing, uh, it says we can safely cross over the river on the bridge that... Uh, the theological principle provides. So there is a connection point that we can cross. Constructing, constructing this principalizing bridge will be one of the critical steps in our interpretive journey. Thus, our journey starts with a careful reading of the text. Our final destination is to grasp the meaning of the text so that what, what does it say? We need to say that out loud more. You know what I mean? I mean, just like in general, we need to understand this is what we're doing. Again, back to uh, what I was talking about last week, how we, we would record daily Bible readers. And that's great. But if all we're doing is trying to get in the word and read very quickly so I can say, hey, I'm a daily Bible reader. Well, we've missed the whole point, right? Because we study again, because we see the importance of God's word, God communicating who he is and what he desires of us through this biblical text. Uh, we've got to see it as that. And then again, understand that this is for us, so it changes our lives, right? Um, anybody love change in your life? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's scary. I, I, I know several months ago I told a, a joke up here. And somebody, somebody reminded me of it, I think probably a month after that. But a buddy of mine that was in his 50s going through, so I went back to Harding in my 30s. And I felt like an old person. You know, I thought, oh, I'll blend in with these kids. And the first day I started noticing that they were calling me sir. <laughs> you know, it's just a wake-up call, right? Well, my buddy was in his 50s, so that made me feel a little bit better in, his, in my 30s. 
But, uh, yeah, he, t- he told the story. He said, um, how many Church of Christ people does it take to change a light bulb? Do you remember that? And as soon as you say how many, he says, change? <laughs> you know, and I think that's, that's not just a Church of Christ joke. That's just people in general, isn't it? Because once we kind of have our stuff, our routine, what we like, it's very difficult. Uh, but we want uh, the, the goal of God revealing himself to us is so that it changes our lives, Okay. It's an exciting trip, but one that requires hard work. There are no easy shortcuts. So I think that's a challenge. That's a challenge to us to kind of dig deep. Uh, Again, the the idea of the Bereans, they were more noble because they did what? They went and studied, okay? Uh, They studied deeply. Jesus, all he did, all of Jesus' ministry was going around making people angry because he was saying stuff that they didn't believe or that they didn't think the Scripture said, right? That's what, that was Jesus' ministry. Uh, and we wonder why people don't stay in ministry long, right? Uh, let me go ahead and tell you stuff you don't like, and we'll, uh, we'll all get angry. Um, stuff like that. And again, there are no easy shortcuts. All right, what I want you to do is turn over to Joshua 1.9. I told you we were going to uh, kind of get together and, and try to work out what I've given you in this uh, handout. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Is anybody brave enough to read that for us? That's an Old Testament thing. Oh, you got it, Coach. All right, perfect. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Yes, sir. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan you and all this people into the land that I have given to them, the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon it, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness end of Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Thank you, Coach. So I wanted that read aloud. I want, I'd like for each of you to have that uh, available because that's what we're going to use throughout this. Uh, what I want you to do is to just group up. That can be husband and wife or just whoever. If you're a loner, you know, that's fine too. Uh, you, can, you can do it by yourself. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're just going to take these steps one at a time. And I want you to uh, kind of work on it. We'll just take a few minutes for you to think about it. You can jot some things down if you have a pen. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about it out loud, okay? Uh, and then uh, after we talk about the first one, we'll go to the second one, all that, uh, all that good stuff. So uh, just to get you started here, 
Step one in, in learning how to uh, interpret the Bible here, uh, they call it grasping the text in their town. And again, the main question is, I've got underlined on your sheet as well, what did the text mean to the biblical audience? Okay? Uh, one thing, do uh, you remember Paul last week saying one of the first things that his, his hermeneutics teacher said was, the Bible wasn't written to you. Right? Who was God talking to throughout that whole thing? Joshua, right? So uh, we, we come to that and we understand, all right, well, who, who's he speaking to? Okay? And so that's one of the questions we can ask. All right, how does this go? Uh, so uh, what you see, if you've got your hand out here, I, I don't know if I put that all on there. I did. Uh, the first part of step one is to read the text carefully, observe it. And step one, try to see as much as possible in the text. And they say, look, look, and look again, observing all that you can. Scrutinize like the grammar, analyze all significant words. Uh, and, we, of course, we don't have time to do historical study here. But it says, likewise, study historical and literary context. How does your passage relate to those that precede it and that follow it? Okay, that's very important because uh, that, that helps us kind of eliminating proof texting. Anybody tell me what proof texting is? You know? Proof texting is to come and use a, uh, to grab a, like a, a verse, like out of, uh, away from its context. So I go to something, I say, here's what this says. This is what it means without really looking at the bigger picture. Okay. So in the example we've been using, I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to say, every Christian should try to walk on the water to see if they have faith. Okay. That is, that is. Showing something, I can point to you where Peter did that, right? Okay, that's kind of pulling that out of context and not really seeing the bigger picture of what's going on. And, and so if we're aware of, well, where is this that we just read? What's this bigger story going on here? And you kind of get some hints in that, right? Moses is where at this point? What does it say? He's dead. Yeah, he's passed away. So you know in the, in the story of the Israelites, okay, Moses has passed. We know that, that, that passed on to Joshua here, which is what he's getting, uh, is some encouragement from God. And, and so we're trying to look at this uh, in the way that it was written, right? Okay? Seeing it as uh, the larger uh, story. And uh, the third bullet under the question on your handout, after completing all this study, synthesize the meaning of the passage for the biblical audience into one or two sentences. That is, write out the passage meant for the biblical audience. Use past tense verbs refer to, the biblical, uh, to refer to the biblical audience. This is just, um, you know, I, I don't normally do this as, a, as a, like a rigid thing or something. But you're just, okay, what did it mean to them? Well, it meant to Joshua, blah, blah, blah. All right, so let's take just a couple minutes, look at that, uh, and really answer the question, what did the text that we just read mean to the biblical audience? Just work with uh, those around you if you want. All right, so the question is, what did the text mean to the biblical audience? So that's not us, right? That's to the people it is addressed to. And it is Joshua in this uh, instance that God, as uh, Coach Red, is talking to Joshua the entire time, right? Okay, so you're, you're thinking, all right, what did this mean to Joshua? Anybody have some thoughts so far? What did this mean to Joshua? I'm just putting down 
Got a bunch of promises from God, right? Yeah. Um, anything to add to that? What else? What else you got? Anything? He's gonna be with him wherever he goes. Be with him wherever he goes. Yeah. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and courageous three times. Yeah. And that's something. That's something that, that's a great thing to point out. And what they'll point out in this book: always look for repetition. Because if I think something important, I'm going to say it again, right? And I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it again. So you keep getting it, okay? Anything else? Well, he, well, he had to have faith. Yeah, okay. This is me. This speaks that. Sure. He had to have faith. God was with him. God was going to do what he said. Yeah. Yeah, Moses is not there anymore to lean on, right? This is your show. And so how, how are you going to do that? How's that going to go? And so what we might even add to, to what Jimbo said as he's pointing out these promises from God is kind of inherent is what he said was the if, right? If you keep, if you follow, and that's always the case throughout Scripture, right? I'm going to bless you as long as you don't walk away from me, right? And we're going to get an ultimate blessing. Now, some, some days it may not feel like you're being blessed in the way you want to be blessed, but God has promised to bless you if you'll follow him, right? And so we have faith. You know, we're not getting into our meaning, but you, you have faith because God has promised it, right? He's promised these things. Okay, excellent job. Um, any questions about that, that step? Anything I may have missed or didn't explain very well? Okay, very good. All right, number two, measuring the width of the river to cross. So we're coming to this. This text, and we're talking about what I started off the class with. The question is, what are the differences between the biblical audience and us? What do we need to know, uh, the differences between us and them, to kind of better understand this? Um, And I don't know if I had this next. Yeah, I don't want to show you that because that tells you the story. Okay. I want you to try and remember it. That's what helps you learn. In this step, you look for significant differences, okay? In this step, you look for significant differences between our situation today and the situation of the biblical audience, okay? Joshua and the people there. Uh, If you are studying an Old Testament passage, also be sure to identify those significant theological differences that came as a result of the life and work of Jesus Christ. Again, it's not always something you can go, oh, here's clearly what this is. Uh, But that's something you need to be thinking about as you come to it, okay? So what are the differences between the biblical audience and us? Think think along the lines of God's not talking to John Gunter right there, is he? He's talking to Joshua, okay? So what are those things as we start out the class that are differences we've got to remember? And I'll just give you uh, a shorter time on this one. Put the pressure on you a little bit. Y'all go ahead and talk amongst yourselves and remember there's a whole list of things. All right. Do you remember those differences that we listed? They're, that are going to be differences from our can't use that word because that's part of the answer. Current context and theirs. Do you remember any of those? Yeah. 
culture, language. Yeah. Time. Yeah. There's three. Help, help Laura out. Culture, language, time. Covenant. Way wrong, but I didn't see Covenant. Covenant. Jimbo said he read it in English, so he didn't see all that. <laughs> he didn't have to read it in Hebrew, right? That's the language part. Uh, the other one was situation. You got covenant. Language, time, situation. Well, here's all the answers, right? Culture. There you go. And often covenant. Of course, uh, that is the case when we're talking um, Old Testament and then, you know, Jesus' ministry. You know, some churches, you know, we always said we're a New Testament church. Some churches go as far as to, uh, they, they don't really recognize the Gospels as something that's very authoritative. Like, we're going to ignore the Old Testament, we're going to ignore the Gospels until Acts, because that's when the church started. Well, then you take out all of Jesus' ministry, what he was teaching, I, I can't get behind that, Okay. Uh, but you do have to know when Jesus is teaching to people in this point that they are under this covenant, so it helps it ex- explain, you know, kind of what they're what they're doing. So, again, we we understand that uh, when we're reading from Joshua. Well, they're talking in Hebrew. None of you had to learn Hebrew because we uh, read it in English, right? Uh, different time, different culture, different son that's going to be in in trouble. You knock the whole thing over, okay? Better not. Uh, did you tell him to do that, Shirley? Shirley put him up to it. So we just have to. This is this is just one of those things that when we come to Scripture, we just acknowledge that. Okay, we acknowledge there may be differences. Now, in this, when God's talking directly to Joshua, uh, there may not be anything that you think. Okay, well, culture doesn't really change the way God tells Joshua this, right? Okay, and, but you just acknowledge it, and as you're studying, say, well, does culture come into play? Okay, can anyone think of a scripture in the New Testament where we say, well, that's a really a cultural thing, and we don't do that? See, we do this already in our minds, but I'm giving you a, a system for it. Can you think of any of those, those passages? Yeah, how you cut your hair, Right? Because we, we look at that and we say, well, that, that's a cultural thing, obviously. We're not, you know, there wasn't a, a command for us in a different culture 2,000 years from then, okay? So we're already doing these things. It's just now, okay, we're, we're encouraging you to think about them, you know, think uh, consciously about uh, what we're already doing, okay? Uh, very good. Uh, also, we might include like... Uh, foot washing. Foot washing, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I haven't been in one foot washing yet. I was going to bring that up Sunday. No. Uh, I was going to say jewelry. I think the context of that is uh, don't be all about jewelry and outward appearance, but still, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Very good, very good. Uh, one way I'll I just give an example, because uh, I, I went to Harding uh, with a bunch of guys from different, play, uh, from different areas of the world, uh, several from Africa, and it's interesting how we see that as cultural, right? We see those things as cultural, especially like the dress or, or hair or things like that. But when we go to other countries, we try to give them our culture, right? And so I have a, a buddy of mine who, I mean, he speaks English very quickly with an African accent. You barely understand what he's talking about. 
But when people went over missionaries to teach them, part of their teaching was you better have a suit and tie on when you preach. And so you got an African man, and instead of wearing traditional African garb, he's got a suit and tie on, which is not part of their culture at all. Okay, and so uh, part of that is understanding our, what, is, what is cultural, what is not, um, uh, all of those things. All right. Let's get to, well, that's a, that's a good image as well, just kind of uh, showing you that river, and you can see in the river the culture, language, time, and situation. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we got that. Okay. What we could say right here as a part of this, and I didn't really steer you in this direction, but what they say here is uh, we can look at this and say, well, the differences are we are not the new leaders of the nation of Israel, obviously, right? None of you are. I think there's going to be some changes in the Israeli politics coming up, but uh, we're not the new leaders. We are not under the old covenant, so we just acknowledge those things, right? Again, not, he's not talking to John. He's talking to Joshua in this uh, circumstance. All right, number three, crossing the principalizing bridge. Now, this may be my favorite part. Um, right under number three, you see in the black box under there, uh, a criteria for, theolog- uh, for a theological principle. And we'll talk about that in just a second. That's probably the most important thing on this sheet. Uh, because when we come to it, we're trying to get the, uh, what is the theological principle. You've got to have some parameters, not just pull out what you, you know, here's my guess, you know, type of thing. All right. So the question that guides us through this one is, uh, well, what is the theological principle? I guess that's not really guiding, is it? What is the theological principle in this text? Again, going back to Peter walking on the water, we're talking about faith, right? You see that that's what the whole thing is about. Again, if you have in your, in your head that when I open up the Bible, what I'm going to see is just a list of do's and don'ts. You hadn't read your Bible lately, right? It's telling stories, right? Jesus did this, and then Jesus went here, and then Peter tried to walk on the water to Jesus. And so it, it's a story. And so you've got to say, all right, well, what does this mean to me? Um, uh, let me see if I've got that. Yeah, they, they acknowledge uh, this here. It says, this is perhaps the most challenging step. In it, you are looking for the theological principle or principles that are reflected in the meaning of the text you identified in step one. Again, what is the meaning of the text? You're still pulling that in. Uh, remember that the, this theological principle is part of the meaning, okay, of what this uh, can mean uh, to us. To determine the theological principle, first, recall the differences you identified just last step. What are the differences between us and them? Uh, And in this case, even us and Joshua. Uh, Next, try to identify any similarities between the situation of the biblical audience and our situation. That tells you some of the uh, things they think. So what I want to point out is you see the criteria for the theological principle. So what does this mean to us, right? So we're not just pulling out any old meaning and saying, hey, here's what it is. There are some some guides here to kind of help you along the way. Number one, the principle should be reflected in the text. Don't don't go to it and say, here's what it says, when it doesn't actually say that, right? Okay, go see what uh, God has tried to relate to us. The principle should be timeless and not tied to a specific situation. See, back to Peter. Again, not about the water. But it is about the faith, right? Timeless. For everyone, it's about faith. Peter then, us now. Uh, so don't pull something out that's specifically uh, like we just read in Joshua. 
you don't take that challenge as your, you know, the Israeli leader. That was Joshua, not you. Okay, the principle should not be culturally bound. Okay? Again, we already do this, right? Haven't had an Eagle Community Church of Christ foot washing yet. Um, we're, you know, different dress, you know, all the different things that, that we just understand as differences in culture. Uh, on the back sheet, the principle should correspond to the teaching of the rest of Scripture. Put a star by that. If, if you come up with a meaning that is not backed up in the rest of Scripture, you need to at least rethink it. Okay, don't just run off with that idea. Try to figure out, all right, does this correspond to the rest of teaching in Scripture? Um, uh, there are a lot of things I think we can kind of run off with. We've kind of beat up on our um, uh, teaching on instrumental music, and I'll just stay on that bandwagon, I guess, so we don't bring anything else into it. But, uh, uh, you know, let's go back to those passages. You have to, if you're saying uh, Ephesians 5.19 says, you know, God doesn't like instruments in worship, go through the rest of Scripture and see, is that consistent? Does God have, you know, a desire for us not to have uh, instruments? Or is that, again, a, a different way that we're, we're looking at Scripture uh, in that, that moment? Uh, and the next one, the, the principle should be relevant to both the biblical and contemporary audience. What we did earlier, right? For us and for them. And finally, it says, write out the theological principle or principles in one or two sentences using present tense verbs. So this is what it means for me. Okay, so what is the theological principle in the text we read uh, in Joshua? And go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. We'll just take a minute and just a second. All right, for the sake of time, I'm going to stop you there. So last, in step two, when we're checking out the differences, one we could say again is covenant. So as God's talking to Joshua, he says to keep, what do you say, keep all my commands? Is that something you said there, uh, Jimbo? Was it my law or command? Something to that effect. Okay. We're, we don't have the law. We just have to acknowledge that, right? So what is the, what is the bigger theological principle in what God is telling Joshua? That can relate to us as well. We're by Jesus and God. Yeah, yeah, we ought to follow God, right? Um, you think those promises still, uh, yeah, still remain, right? Yeah. Not the land. Over sure. Here. Yeah, we don't, we don't. We're not getting the land. We're getting a land, right? Okay. Excellent. Okay. Other thoughts. What else? Follow God. Remain faithful. He's, he's physically speaking here, but he speaks to us in other ways. Like, okay. He's not physically speaking to us. Yeah. Sometimes it's a song that comes on the radio at just the right time, or reading a quote at just the moment. Yeah. Or whatever. It's his way of speaking to us. Yeah. Now, physically or being there. I think that's a, a, the way I'd say that for uh, for those verses. Well, yeah. God's going to be there for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Other thoughts? We should be strong and courageous. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because of God's promises, we should remain, again, strong and courageous, strong and courageous. <laughs> Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, right? Excellent. Yeah, those are, those are timeless principles not bound by anything, right? Because of our faith in God, we, we're under the same thing, right? Uh, even though God was talking to uh, 
Joshua. Again, there are things we, we acknowledge that aren't applicable to us. Again, not the leader of any Israelite uh, nation. We're not going to get the land. We understand that. This is written to him, not us. Uh, but we understand God's promises are to his people who are faithful is he's going to be there. You should have faith in him. He's going to be there with you. Okay? Excellent job. Great job, everyone. All right, number four, if I can get there. Consult the biblical map. That sounds like we ought to pull out, uh, what was that old uh, map company that was so popular? Ray, thank you. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know this. That's what it feels like you're going to do. So the question is, kind of going along with number three there, how does our theological principle fit with the rest of the Bible? Okay, this is kind of like a check. Okay, we came up with it in step three. This is what we believe. We ought to be strong and courageous. We ought to have faith in God, right? Okay, well, how does that fit with the rest of the Bible? So have we come up with the right theological principle? Does this make sense with the rest of Scripture? Okay, and just reading that, uh, the rest of this. During this step, you must enter the parts whole spiral. That is, you reflect back and forth between the text and the teachings of the rest of Scripture. Is your principle consistent with the rest of Scripture. So I believe we ought to have faith. Well, the rest of Scripture said, don't worry about faith. You know, you don't have to have that. You know, we would go, okay, we've come up with the wrong thing, right? Okay, so we're just looking at the rest of Scripture. Uh, do other portions of Scripture add insight or qualifications to the principle we came up with? If your principle is valid, they say, it ought to fit or correlate with the rest of the Bible. And, and so I'll just ask you guys, how does our uh, theological principle fit with the rest of the Bible? Does it fit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We can point to the rest of Scripture, right? There's no, no Scripture we're going to come to that says, hey, uh, you know, I'm no longer going to be with you, coach. You probably should be a little afraid, right? Be, be, be uh, a little timid. Use courage if, if necessary. Now, I mean, so we don't come to anything like that. And that's a, a kind of a goofy thing. But when you study in other Scriptures, it may be a little more difficult all right, you've got, you've got to ask these questions and say, all right, well, does this make sense with the rest of it? Or have I just kind of uh, come here and thought it said that, and it really doesn't fit with the rest of Scripture, okay? Makes sense? Pretty easy? Okay, and uh, number five is bringing it all home. Grasping the text in our town. And the question that guides us here, how should individual Christians today live out the theological principles. So we'll just open this up. I don't think there's no, any need to go back into groups for this. Um, all right, so this is application time, right? Part of the sermon where, hey, I, re- I heard you preach about Joshua. What do I do with this, right? So how should we today live out those theological principles? Somebody give me some ideas. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord but Ricky, what if there's something that I really don't want to do and I'm kind of fearful about? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's still valid, right? Yeah. Whatever God asks us to do, He's not going to ask us something we can. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's easy to say that sometimes, but how hard is it to live it? But we, we, we understand uh, the theological principle we've come up with is correct, right? All right, other, other thoughts? Any, uh, any thoughts about how this applies? We just have to remember, even if we can't see the Ooh. end of the road, the path that we're on, that, that God does, and so we may not understand. 
Great. Excellent. And, and the way to Tiffany did wonderful. Uh, you know, put yourself in Joshua's shoes. Your your mentor has just passed, who's done all the leading here, or most of the leading here. You know, you've helped some. Now you're standing there. God has promised these things, but you haven't seen them yet. Okay. And so the application for us is, as Tiffany says, all right, so there's some days where you're going, I don't know about the end of this one. So what am I going to do? Do I, do I keep marching on? Do I kind of withdraw? Okay, you see how, you see how we get there. Yeah, absolutely. To step out in faith, again, because God has promises. He says, you can be strong and courageous because what? I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be standing there with you. And often we feel all alone. I just preached about that, what, two weeks ago? We feel all alone. We're just kind of walking by ourselves. And God has all these promises. I'm going to be right there with you. And so that's a good sermon. I don't even think I'm going to preach on Sunday. We'll just stop, <laughs> stop right there. Um, For 80 years, the family of the Lord take the people of Israel and all of a sudden the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Donald's pulling it all back in, right? The whole, if you'll continue to follow me, you know, I've got these promises for you. Um, but, it, but it's not unconditional promises. You can walk away. You can do things that aren't well, what I've asked you to do. Uh, you can go against what I've said, right? All right, so... You may have walked in and thought, my goodness, that's a lot of information. How'd it go? What do you think? You think you can come to Scripture and ask these questions? Again, I've just put more information so you can review. But if you just let your, uh, let your Bible study be guided by these questions here, uh, you can come up with a lot really quick. Uh, and, and I believe it helps you be a better Bible student to understand, again, uh, God's word uh, better. And uh, talking to Paul and Jordan and myself, uh, like I said, when we, we all three, when we got to school and learned this, it was one of those, I wish I'd have known this a long time ago. It's not hard, is it, right? You just have to know the question to ask and, and you can uh, really dive deep. There are still going to be things that are complicated, as I told you. Um, and that's okay. But are we doing the work to try and understand God's work? That's, that's where we're trying to go, again, with the end goal that it changes our life. All right, any final questions, comments before we pray and dismiss? I know that's a lot of pressure on somebody because now you think, well, I'm going to be the one to hold us up. You got me? I just think that step five is where the change takes place. Yeah. Yeah. Go that's right. That's that, that's that whole hold the mirror up. Okay, now what? Because once you put the theological principle together, you understand what God is telling, what he's trying to teach you, and then it's like, all right, what do I do with this now? Yeah, then the pressure's on. Then the pressure's on. That's when people come up and say, you're stepping on my toes, Laura. That's what, yeah. All the time. That's right. Hey. All right, well, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Thank you all for being here. God, our Father, Lord, we are thankful again for this time. We're thankful for, uh, Lord, all the people represented here. And God, uh, what a blessing it's been to uh, be
be with other Christians who are devoted to learn more about you. Lord, I just pray for a blessing on all of us as we, again, try to learn your word so that we learn more about you and we, we draw closer to you. God bless us all to that end. And Lord, if we are in a spot where we have drifted from you, Lord, bring us back, convict us of of that. And, and Lord, help us to seek our brothers and sisters for help and uh, to understand that we are just all parts of one body, uh, Lord, and, and Lord, we're so thankful that it is a body that you have, have set up and cared for and gifted us differently, and uh, Lord, that uh, we can all work together as one. Lord, be with us as we leave this place. Bless uh, each of us to uh, the different places we may go. Again, we pray that we are, uh, Lord, salt and light uh, throughout uh, this community, and and God, when we do have our toes stepped on, like uh, Laura mentioned here, uh, Lord, we just, uh, we just pray that we do uh, make the changes that, that you're calling us to make. Lord, uh, just be with us always, and thank you for forgiving us when we, when we sin and fall short. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.